No, by the way, speaking about speaking, we mentioned Penthouse. I did an interview for Playboy in 1989 in November, <laughs> November, November edition 1989, and uh, there were few. But, but there's no, there's no calendar of you like you know Gary naked in December. Calendar, uh, yeah, but there's some very professional pictures because you know just you what know, with it, like a feather boa draped around your bishop, that kind of thing. Something uh, <laughs> just <laughs> not a porn shot, I imagine. No, 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 no. no. Smashing Security, episode 216, Playboy, Prison, and Digital Cloys, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, episode 216. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. And this week, Carol, we are joined by a very special guest. He's returning to the show. It's chess champion turned activist and security ambassador for Avast, Gary Kasparov. Hello, Gary. Yay. Hello, hello, hello. So um, I'm special, but already the second time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're very honoured. Thank you for having me. You obviously had an amazing time the first time. <laughs> I think it's just that he's got not very much else to do, um, to be honest, uh, Carol, the, like the, the rest the, of the, the world. The, the, uh, <laughs> these days, uh, no, there's a lot of to do, just, you know, just no movements. So <laughs> I've been desperately trying to, to, to remember, you know, the year when I moved so little around the world, you know, and my memories bring me back to 1975. <laughs> because, I mean, I, if people don't know who you are, Gary, and shame on them, you are, you may be too embarrassed to say this, I don't know, you're the greatest chess player who has ever lived. You are the, you are the number one. The god. Okay. You, you, said, you said it. But, but it's true, it's true. You're better than Fisher. Do you have a huge tattoo of a pawn on your back or something like that just to like... No, I don't. No. No, no, no. I don't. I have, I, have, I, have to, I have to disappoint you. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't believe in black magic, so and, uh, chess is not voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> but but tell me, Gary, tell me one thing, right? You at the moment are under lockdown and you're you're locked up there with your family. You can't really play chess with any of them, can you? I mean, I would imagine your family never, ever want to play chess with you. In fact, yeah. do you get any pleasure out of chess? Yeah, but it's, it's the, <laughs> you're talking about chess, you know? You, you didn't mix me with, you know, with a football player or basketball <laughs> player or tennis player. Chess can be played online. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why the game, you know, is so popular these days because, you know, people actually discovered and rediscovered it. Since, you know, you can play chess, you can learn chess, you can follow the games of other players. Yes. It's just, and it's all online. And uh, our li life is online now. And, uh, and I would say to the contrary, uh, probably since I left my professional chess in 2005, I never had so much chess in my life. <laughs> 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 yeah, Graham, don't offer him a game. He's going to kick your ass. Well, it's, still a, it's still a real pleasure when I see you play some of the, I, I think, like the St. Louis uh, competitions and other things where you've come back to the board. Yeah, it's really been yeah, great to watch. Yes, I'm uh, having fun. I'm, I'm, I'm the highest uh, rated amateur player in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say thanks to this week's sponsor, 1Password. Its support helps us give you this show for free. Now, coming up on today's show, Graham, what do you got? Um, I'm going to be talking about a romance scam, albeit with a bit of a twist. Ooh, and Gary, what about you? Uh, I will have the hardcore version of romance scam. <laughs> it's a extortion scams. Oh, God. <laughs> and I will lighten the mood by talking about digital snowstorms. All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. 
Now, chums, chums, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we're all familiar with that, aren't we? There we Mm -hmm. have, right at the bottom, our basic requirements, oxygen, water, food, shelter, maybe some clothes. Internet. Yeah, internet, (laughs) Amazon Prime, Netflix. Yeah. All, all those essential things that we have to have. Toilet paper. Yeah. Are you sure you counted them in the right order? <laughs> yeah. Toilet paper must be number one. That's what we learned at the beginning of the pandemic. They, they now land on the top of the list. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then we're looking at health, employment, somewhere to live. And then we begin to get a little bit fussy, don't we, about who we snuggle up with. Love, having some sense of belonging, intimacy, someone lovely to curl up with on the sofa and play maybe a little game of chess. Uh, albeit it'd be online for you, Gary. You're very picky, Graham. <laughs> what, uh, yeah, I think everyone's picky, aren't they, as to who they're going to end up with. Yeah. You want to find that special somebody. Well, I think many people are looking for that special someone. And in this day and age, the place that you find your partner in life is likely to be either through work or online. And guess what? We're not going to the office anymore because of this ruddy pandemic. So there's no more flirting by the photocopier. It's all happening online. That's the only place. Gary, I imagine back in your chess playing days, your professional chess playing days, you were a rock star. I've always wondered, are there chess groupies? <laughs> he wants to know if you got laid as a no, big chess I, no, chap. I, don't be so crude. I'm just wondering <laughs> if there are, rather like there are admirers of, uh, you know, uh, guitarists, or, but are there also chess groupies who are after the grandmasters? Um we never had this 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 kind of phenomena at the same scale. Uh, mm. They were fans, they were admirers, yeah. but uh, but it was there was never you know hurricane of uh, female attack on top players. No, well, I'm I'm sorry about that. He's very humble. Uh, maybe maybe <laughs> I'm getting old. You know, my memory betrays me. But see, we're talking about we're talking about you know just, just ancient times. You know? Yes, smooth, yes. Gary. Yes. With smooth. No, with, with no, no mobile phones and no uh, no internet. You remember, I became chess world champion at age 22 in 1985. Yeah, in 1985, it was just the beginning of CNN era. All they had was Polaroids. I mean, you know, <laughs> and we, we didn't have mobile phones, and we just had the exactly. yeah, yeah. And uh, and I bet you probably I, I had one of the first uh, private fax machine in the Soviet Union. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and I also remember in 1988, I uh, I bought a, a, a laptop. My first laptop was Ooh. a compact. Compact. Yes, yes, It was yes. about five kilos and $5,000. $5, and it had a memory that, yeah, that's, that's brutal, 20 megabytes. Luxury. <laughs> luxury. luxury. No, it's absolute luxury. And then you can add an extra 20. And I was so proud. So that's this. This, this is the, the best thing you, the money your money could buy in 1988. You, you, tell it, you tell the story to your kids now. I'm telling it to my 40-year-old daughter. It says 20 what? 20 what? 20 what? This is why all the semi-boomers have back problems, because we had to carry around yes. these ginormous batteries everywhere. That's right. And you remember, you remember the first mobile phones? Oh, yes. Yes. oh can, I do. My dad killed someone. Was that. <laughs> <laughs> well, those of us who are lucky enough to be able to work from home, we're going to probably be working from home for some time yet. Which means if there is an unfortunate hole in your personal life which you want to fill there's a good chance you'll be doing it online. Which brings me to my story this week. The BBC have spoken not to the victim of an internet romance scam, but the scammer himself. They have spoken to a chap who they are calling Jamie. That's not his real name. He's in his 20s 
And the mm-hmm. last few years, he's been doing very nicely, thank you, scamming women. And there is a particular type of woman who he is targeting. He says he targets women who are a lot older than him and are looking for love. And he does this, unsurprisingly, perhaps. He makes the initial contact via dating apps. And because he's young and confident, he's one of that very small minority of dating app users who actually uses his own photograph and a fairly current photograph at that. So he doesn't use a model's photograph. He doesn't put up a picture of Fabio. It's actually his real photograph, which he puts up. Mm, and I'm not surprised by that. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of you know attractive young people around these days, I heard. And he says he, says he, he would go looking for older women, quote, who have the look of desperation about them, he said. Oh, isn't that horrible? God, what a, that's a twist of the knife. So like a widow, something like that? Well, I'm sure that would probably ring his bell. Uh, He also says he seeks out profiles that say things like, I just want happiness. Um, Whereas, of course, that's the last thing most people want on a dating app, I suspect. Well, no, they do want happiness, but it may not be the first thing that they lead off with. But it's phrases like that which actually draw him. Hmm. And his initial outreach, he sends a woman a message on the dating app. And he's very cool. He's relaxed. You know, he's not very pushy. But if they reply, even though he's 30 years younger or more, he knows they're interested just from the photographs. And he thinks, ah, maybe I've got them hooked. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I have a friend who's moved to the countryside recently, a single gentleman Mm. around the age of about 50, Mm. and uh, recently went through a medical uh, situation, like, you know, had a little operation. All right. And Basically, about six women, some married, some not, between the ages of 60 and 85, are knocking on his door regularly to offer him beef wellington and pancakes on Pancake Tuesday last week. And like he's like inundated with older women looking for attention. Can I say, I'm in my early 50s and I went to the hospital earlier this week. I've had it's no not one. You. I've had no one knocking on my door offering me beef Wellington. Did, did you say? Did you say beef, beef Wellington? Yes. Uh, like fancy a, schmancy it, stuff. Yeah, rare. rare yes, with rare what? with a Dixel and everything. It's not a gumboot. It's, it's a, <laughs> yeah. Very nice. I'm just saying, maybe older gentlemen need to look after their women better. Right, guys. Well, well yeah. this particular. I'm going to have to learn a trick from him. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he knows uh, you, you got Gary drooling over the beef Wellington now. <laughs> move, to, move to the Cotswolds. Apparently, that's where it's all happening. Actually, I'm not a big fan of of rare. You know, just you know, I, uh, I I'd rather have you know medium, medium. Sometimes medium. Ah. Well, so yes, yes, I'm just. Oh, I'm sure I'm, it was I'm, well I'm, done. I'm on the wrong the side, you know, just of these cuisine preferences. <laughs> well, over the weeks and months, this chap Jamie, mm. he would tell them. Everything, he says, that they wanted to hear. He was almost an expert at determining what was missing from their life. And he would tell them what they wanted to hear, use the words. They, you know, he wouldn't be doing something coarse. He'd give them exactly what they wanted until they had fallen utterly and completely head over heels in love with him. So he would mm. say things to them like, oh, I'd love to have a kid with you, or I bet you're great at this, or, you know, let's... Oh, so let's these go. women are in his age group. They're not, like, older. Oh, no, they are older, apparently. They are they are older, yes. Well, older, like, 30s, because if they're having kids... Well, I... Th- I he's th- not saying to them, I wish we could have a kid, but, you know, menopause. <laughs> <laughs> right? well, that tends to be a bit of a passion killer to mention <laughs> exactly. that to a woman, but... No, I, I wish we had, or I wish we would have. 
Yes. Yes. yes exactly. Yes. yes. Exactly. I'm sure. Maybe he's flattering them, saying, "Oh, you can't possibly be 61." What? <laughs> You're 79. Yes. Exactly. Anyway. And of course, he says, I'm so sorry. Oh, such a shame. This lockdown we're under, because UK is under lockdown. Um, you know, we can't meet up until that's all over. And it was only after he had messaged them for many, many months, and he thought that they were entirely hooked, that he revealed his big secret to them. Do you know what his big secret was? Uh, I'm listening, you know. I'm <laughs> yes. shivering, shivering already with expectations. <laughs> <laughs> his secret was, he was in jail. Uh-huh. Uh, Jamie would tell them that he was in prison. And you know what? No, he was in prison. or He, he still is actually prison. was in prison. Oof. He had smuggled a phone into the prison from where he was doing all these romance scamming. Okay, I have a question. Yes. Where's the scam? Yeah. Where is the beef? Because <laughs> there's no scam. He says, I'm in jail. You're kind of yummy. Entertain me because I'm kind of bored in my six by eight cell. So what he would do is he would say that he was in prison for driving offences. And that's the bit which was a slight fib because, in fact, uh, he was in for violent crime. And what he would do is he would convince them because they're having a relationship and I'm going to be coming out and all the rest of it, or I need a bit of money. You know, I haven't got any money. Can you send me some money? And he was regularly getting hundreds of pounds every week. And there was one woman who he managed to scam out of what, the, over 10,000 pounds. Where was he getting his money in the, in his jail bank account? Well, yeah, you can, be, you can still have a bank account if you're in jail. Can you? Yes. Anyone can have a bank account and you can still receive money into it. He said that female lawyers were some of the best people to target because they not only had a well-paid job and disposable income, but they might also be prepared maybe to give them a little bit of legal advice. So, you know, they felt like they were helping. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. And he, he knows how to ask professional questions just to, 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 give, to give an impression <laughs> that he is really behind the bars. And uh, yeah. Well, yes, oh, unlike most true. romance scammers, he can prove, yes, this really is me. So he could take photographs at any time. Here I am working out. You know, is up he against saying this he's in love wall. with them and stuff like this? Is he doing well, course, oh, the only one course. for me? That's what oh, women okay. want to hear, right? He doesn't need to do that if he just needs a bit of dinner and some advice. It turns out all you got to do is, you know. Yeah, well, this is a nice little sideline, isn't it? Because he isn't yeah. able to go and do his regular job of duffing up people or whatever it is or robbing banks. So he's he's scamming people. Online. He apparently, according to his discussion with the BBC, he's now decided that this is wrong. And he wants to warn other people about how this can work. And how it operates. So he, you, see, you said he he decided it was wrong, and so that's two explanations. One is he made enough money, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and B, you know, he just all of a sudden, you know, he's he's, he's conscious now has woken up. Yeah, he's doing interviews, so he's looking for a bit of. Uh, or maybe, maybe he's been found maybe, out. Maybe, maybe maybe doing interviews another another form of scam. I want to know how the BBC journalist found out about him. I want oh, to know if he was scamming the BBC journalist and she sort of yeah, twigged. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> oh. She story was, she was of one of the victims. Yes. <laughs> or the BBC lawyer who was like, go after him. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, in many ways, someone in prison would make the ideal attentive boyfriend, wouldn't they? Because they're locked up. <laughs> they're locked up for 23 hours a day. Well, if they have a mobile phone, yes, up their if they've ass. smuggled. Yeah. Oh, Carol. <laughs> wherever they keep in the mobile phone. But... The, some of those Nokias are very small these days, aren't they? <laughs> but, you, but, but it's perfect. So you can be really attentive. It's like a fantastic boyfriend. It's, it's not like you have to worry that he's going around seeing other women. Yeah, or he's in too many meetings. Right. You know, it's not like 
So in some ways, it's for <laughs> a remote boyfriend <laughs> under lockdown, it could be perfect. Yeah. So Jamie, here's Jamie's advice. He says, watch out for people who are a lot younger or better looking than you. Oh, well, he's turned a corner now. Yes. He's turned a corner. Okay, let, let me listen to Jamie's advice. Okay. Watch out for people who ask you for money, especially yep. if you've never met them in person, he right. says. And you can, hear, you can hear more about this on BBC Radio 4's Farlon 4, and I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check That's it out. That's a great show, though. No, it is show. a good show. It is a good show. Now, apparently, according to researchers, the most dangerous dating apps in the UK, the ones with the most crime reports, are Tinder, Plenty of Fish, and Grindr. Uh, the biggest. Yep. Kroll, you've been very happily married for some years now. Um, yep. Ever since you adopted the Yeti at Cotswold Safari Park. <laughs> but uh, do, you, do you think you would use a dating app? Um, well, if, I think if now, if, if I've suddenly found myself single. If the Wookiee went back to the herd, you, you yes. do? Yes. Yes. Of course. How else? What, down at, down at Sainsbury's? <laughs> yes. <you're, laughs> you know, between the yogurt and the, like, yeah. You'd, you'd be on it. Gary, you're married. But if you were yep. on the lookout for love, do you think your celebrity would be a hindrance? Do you think... <laughs> Would you be comfortable putting I, yeah, your picture up? I, I, I've been married for for uh, almost sixteen years now. We have Congratulations. two kids, and I'm I'm very very happy here. So when I, um, look, I wasn't I, testing you. I wasn't. It was actually, just a trap. It, uh, it, it was my you know it was my third attempt, the successful one. Right. So I was married <laughs> third twice time before. Lucky. So I um, I had enough in my life, and actually um, never needed uh, any form of scams to yes. to to get into relations. But if you were a younger single chess grandmaster, would you worry that IBM, for instance, might make a supercomputer designed to woo you? You know, not so much deep blue as deep hey, Gary. Yeah, but The problem is when I was young, as we discussed, you know, a few minutes ago, so we didn't have supercomputers, we didn't have internet. So you are just, you're pushing me just to, to, to the ropes, you know, just to imagine the situation when I was young, unmarried, you know, full of uh, sexual energy. I'm still yeah, now. Pierce Morgan. Yeah. Why don't you and, go and, back yeah, in your box? And, 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 and uh, I have all these modern tools the answer is yes. I don't know. I mean, I can. I. I. I it's. Yeah. It's. It's. It's quite an exercise actually in my mind to to connect to connect these different times. Okay, yeah, I'm very um, sorry. I'm very sorry that Graham is pushing you. These are inappropriate. I, I, I apologize as well. Okay, so I'm just going to very quickly sum up some other things to watch out for according to the authorities. If someone asks you a lot of personal questions about yourself, but they aren't interested in telling you much about themselves, which is something I can relate to, relationships are never going to work if. She keeps on yabbering on about herself rather than me talking about myself. That's like nine, yeah, like ninety nine percent of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I remember once, Graham, you didn't ask me how I was for like three months, literally. <laughs> just saying. Oh, just saying. Right. Um, if if your continued relationship with someone depends on you sending them money, that's another telltale sign. To be honest, I've been in a lot of relationships where <laughs> that's that's definitely a warning sign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if the pictures look particularly professional and or glamorous, they may have been stolen. Have you ever had a glamorous photo shoot, either of you? Of course. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, you're asking me. So I had so many photo sessions in my life, so I can I can have an unlimited stock of supply of pictures. But there's no there's no calendar of you like you know Gary naked in December. Calendar. Type thing. Uh, oh. Yeah, but there's some very professional pictures because you know just you you mentioned IBM and the and the match yes. match two matches yes. I played against IBM supercomputers. Right. I believe there were there were you know a couple of uh, promor. Uh, pictures whether in real life or online that that had me you know 
depicted in a very I mm, see. attractive form and shape. What, with, oh, like really? a feather boa draped around your bishop, that kind of thing. Something <laughs> like <laughs> just not a pawn shot, I imagine. No, 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 no. no, no, no. But look, they, they were there. Look, it was actually it was the um, 1997, the cover of Newsweek. Uh, oh, there you the, go. The, oh, the, wow. The, the, the brain's last stand. Yeah, cover of Newsweek. Very That's good. very cool. <laughs> I hope it's glamorous enough. Yes. It is glamorous. <laughs> you go to Penthouse, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, by the way, speaking about speaking, we mentioned Penthouse. I did an interview with Playboy in 1989 <laughs> in November. November. <laughs> November edition, 1989, and uh, there were a few, but as you know, typically black and white pictures. Yeah, but it, I, I was just classy, uh, uh, classy. And, uh, and I, if I remember, you know, I was pictured, you know, by just uh, sitting there in the middle of the summer, and it was just, um, you know, it's a, a shirt. I'm gonna uh, look it's for actually, this. Uh, I'm gonna look uh, for it was, this. Guy. More likely, um, oh. find it. Actually, it was undershirt. Oh. But they didn't get you in a Maroxy bind or anything like that? Or? No, no, no. No but knights still, on the it's, rim. It's, it's, yeah, it's 1989. <laughs> what is that? I'm making a nerdy chess joke, bro, okay. just, to, just to show I thought Gary it was a sex I joke. I didn't no. know what was going on. Playboy interview was a serious. It was a long, serious interview. Actually, I got in trouble not because of the not because of the because of my uh, my uh, uh, affiliation with, with Playboy magazine, but rather about the content of the interview that was not politically... Uh, uh, acceptable by hmm. Soviet authorities. Did you ever go to the mansion, Gary? No, I didn't. No, it was just in Baku. No, no, no. no he, did, he didn't have to do that. It's to a serious Playboy interview is it was quite a serious challenge, and and they had yes. they had a yes. very professional journalist, political journalist Rudy Chelminski, uh, flying in to to uh, my summer camp in near near Baku, uh, Azerbaijan, and uh, and we we had this long, long, long conversation. Plus, we had conversations when he met me at the mm. at the tournaments uh, in Europe. Incredible! It's even available in Braille. You, you can get Playboy. It's fantastic oh, in Braille. Okay, fine. Yeah, no, you really can. You really can. You can get it in bread. No, I don't need. Right. Anyway, I th- we we pro- we probably talked enough about this. Um, <laughs> so, Gary, I've talked about uh, romance scams. I've tried to keep it fairly clean. You now tell us the more sordid side of things with sextortion it's scams. It's more sordid. It's more far more primitive. You know, it doesn't require you know all these technique of preparation of seducing by writing letters, and it's it's a very straight shot. And uh, last January, Avast um, announced that they had blocked over half a million sextortion attempts in the month of January. Half wow. a million. So in a month, in the month of January 2021, hmm. which is again we've been talking about it. People are just locked in. And uh, the use of uh, Zoom and all the video apps at home now jumped in over the roof. And uh, naturally, people uh, could be exposed uh, either intentionally or sometimes, you know, unintentionally. And they can be caught on camera. And uh, most of these attacks uh, targeted, of course, English-speaking users uh, in the U.S. and the U.K., and it's a very, very simple, simple uh, uh, technology. It's uh, you just you you. So what happens? What what happens in a sextortion? Uh, you just receive an email. You just receive you, you receive mm-hmm. an e- email. An anonymous uh, sender, you know, tells you that he or she they 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 had uh, you on uh, on video. So they they managed uh, to right. hack uh, into your account, into the Zoom conversation, into whatever, and they 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 have it. And unless you pay them, typically in Bitcoin, they will release it. They will send it to your loved ones or yeah. to, your, to, your, to your workplace. And believe it or not, it works. 
know, it's just it's. So it has to be, yeah, and it has to be that they have video or that you think they have video of you doing yeah, exactly. something. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's, that's what I said. The email, email could say, okay, we have a recorded sexual act uh, or, you know, access to sensitive uh, in sexual information. And um, it will end up with the terrible reputation damage unless an amount to be paid in Bitcoin or, or any other cryptocurrency to be delivered at certain address if you want to prevent it. And they're taking advantage of people's embarrassment of that, like either because they're having an affair or because whatever, whatever. I think most of them are just simply, you know, that it's, it's a quantity game. They just, you know, send it around, you know, yeah. just mm. you know, believing and unfortunately rightly so that someone could, you know, to take, a, to, to, take a bait. Mm. Yeah, because in, in many of these cases, it's people's fear because, of, for instance, they've been going to pornography sites to keep themselves entertained or whatever over lockdown. It's so they may have whatever. enjoyed themselves yeah. in front of their webcam. So that's their fear is, well, potentially they might have seen something because I don't have a webcam cover or whatever. And the person sending the email probably doesn't have anything at all, but they're just trying to frighten you. And if there's a small percentage of people who pay up, that will be enough. Yeah, but don't mm. forget, this is the, there's a more sophisticated version of that. So when the email mm-hmm. reveals that, that a Trojan was installed on the recipient's machine right. two months ago, and because of this, because of uh, this device, they recorded all the potential victims' actions with a microphone and webcam, and uh, they exfiltrated all data from the devices. And Avast are seeing a rise in sex, uh, sex exploitation oh, scams? It's, 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 skyro- it's skyrocketing, skyrocketing now. Because people are bored at home and they're lonely, and yeah, they're... But also it's not just people at home. You know, this is many people had you know some sensitive conversations. You know, when they were at work. I mean, let's let's acknowledge that. But mm. the security in the offices was of a different type. You know, the firewalls mm. and all the all the investments made by the corporations to protect the uh, working systems. Now, people mm. used to certain kind of protocol, and all of a sudden they're at home. Where protection is inadequate, but they it's very difficult for them to shift just from one you know type of arrangements to another, and they continue uh, mm. with the same you know uh, complacency, lack of vigilance, and that's that that's that's why they they got panicked when they just you know recognize oh somebody you know uh, use my my complacency, my uh, inability to to adjust to a new situation, and uh, I'll be exposed. Do you think people should just have sex with, you know, make sure all their equipment's in a Faraday cage before they get, uh, <laughs> so they don't get, you know, exploited? I don't know. I just, it's, it's, I think they definitely, you know, they, they have to be very cautious with their online engagements. Yeah. And also, don't forget, it, people now are looking for all sorts of uh, conveniences, you know, it's, and, and you have so many apps in your home. Very often, it's, it's a smartphone. Mm. And um, all you need is just, you know, one week link, one week, one week link in the whole network that will allow a hacker yeah. to get in. That's, that's a very, very sophisticated form of hacking. We're talking about a very simple uh, psychological, you know, attack because it, it's 99% of these attacks is this, they're not substantiated by, by real action. It's yes. simple. It's simply psychological. It's more like a poker. It's a bluff. You know, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah, just open your cards. Oh, no, 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 I'll rather pay. You know, I don't want to see your cards. And the psychological attack can be very sophisticated because, for instance, I've seen sextortion attacks where they'll claim they have footage of you. And as if it, it were proof, they say, and we know one of your passwords. And they will quote a password which has previously been breached. For instance, when LinkedIn got hacked, they will mention that in the email. And you think, how can they possibly know my password? They must have everything else which they claim to have as well. 
So would your advice then be to say, if someone comes to you and says that, you say, prove it, prove it, prove it, prove it? Or do you say, don't answer the email at all, ignore it, and it'll go away? I think it's just the advice is you should stay calm. So because in reality, it's the attacker does not actually own any recordings. And they, they're using uh, the social engineering techniques to scare and shame you into paying. Yeah. Mm. They can even you know show you old leaked passwords to make this message more credible. Mm. But, you know, these leaked passwords, we all know, they sold on the dark web. And, uh, and, uh, and attackers could, more sophisticated attackers, they can use them for, for the campaign to uh, raise your concerns. So, but even if the attacker has included in all the leaked passwords of yours, oh, okay, ignore them. Change your password to a much longer, complex version if you haven't done it so already. Yeah, I think that's the best advice too. Yeah. Good stuff. Crow, that slurp of tea tells me that we should move on. <laughs> that's my, it's, uh, my bad. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> I just got to confess. Crow, what have you got for us this week? Well, we're going to talk digital snowstorms. Right. So weather, the weather recently, bit weird. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't, don't tell Texans about it. <laughs> well, exactly. The biggest weather freakout recently was the snowstorm in Texas, yeah. right? Where, where more than 4 million people across Texas lost power. This was last Monday. Millions of people, okay, living in the energy capital of the world, self-proclaimed, had no electricity during the storm yeah. with freezing cold temperatures. Lowest income houses, of course, were hit hardest because uh, they obviously couldn't just jump on a plane to Mexico a la Ted Cruz, could they? No. <laughs> now, Politico's uh, Renuka Rayasam wrote, in Austin, my father-in-law spent hours desperately searching for a place to stay and a way to get there before making it safely to a hotel with the help of a heroic Uber driver. Huh. Friends texted me stories about putting on their clothes and huddling under covers with their kids, braving icy roads to get a, to a relative's house where the lights were still on. It's, it's a, absolutely astonishing, isn't it? I mean, it, it's hard for us to comprehend if we don't live there. It happened like in this. Canada for three weeks where my parents lived. Yeah, yeah but in Canada, you're kind of used to it, aren't you? You, you probably have plows and you're, you're prepared for that sort of weather. And you know, de-icer for the car. And right. Stuff, yeah. In Texas, <laughs> it's going to hit them pretty hard if something like that happens. Yeah. Now, the reason this was a big problem is because Texas is on an independent electricity grid, and it is the only state that managed its power completely independently from the rest of the U.S., and fascinatingly, I thought this was fascinating at least, apparently this grid was created like a century ago. Mm -hmm. So it's like a long-standing kind of we take care of our own energy. The costs are plain to see when things don't go to plan, right? So they couldn't draw power from other states. Right. And they were forced to switch off the power for whole swathes of people because otherwise permanent damage was going to, you know, happen to their grid. And apparently Texas doesn't require energy producers to prepare for cold weather scenarios. So like Georgia, for example, requires operators to maintain energy reserves almost double of what Texas requires. And they're, of course, are largely free from any federal oversight, right? So that means when energy is plentiful, uh, they can offer it really cheap. Uh, but the problem is, is when it ain't plentiful, uh, the prices go up and people, right. so basically the price is around $50 per megawatt per hour. The prices have been soaring and that's, that's just, it's, yeah, because it's, it's, it's automatic, by the way, it's automatic. It's, that's no, they, they made automatic adjustments. That's, that's everything computerized. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> it's crazy, exactly. So, like, so it started at the beginning of the storm. Before the storm hit, it was fifty dollars right. per megawatt per hour. But right. it went up. Texas's Public Utility Commission moved that cap on wholesale rates at nine thousand dollars per megawatt per oh hour on Wednesday. So people got hit with like I think the highest one yeah. I saw was seventeen thousand dollars. No, it's insane, insane bills, absolutely, absolutely insane. Yes. Insane. Uh, this is purely in an attempt to control the demand for electricity. The pr- the price soared, and so people would be well, turning things off. It's because it's a free off. market. It's a completely yeah. free market, and so demand soared, and so the prices just automatically went up. Wow! And there was a cap at nine thousand dollars, which over and, and then reg when regularly it was fifty. Like it's cr- insane. So. We can all agree this is another in total shit snow snow. Shit snow show <laughs> for Texas. So what do you do in a national emergency like this, right? Cue the fake news crew, okay? Because they're going to save us all. Oh, so across, fake news. Ah, uh, well, I'm in. really interested in your views on this one because right. I've, I'm really torn, okay? So across social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, yeah. people started posting videos and comments about the snow in Texas, being weird, not (laughs) melting as it should. And therefore, get this, must be engineered by a powerful, suspicious persons or institutions. It's the Chinese, isn't it? It's the Chinese. No, no, no. Bill Gates, it turns out. Oh, Bill Bill Gates. Gates. (laughs) Yeah, but people, people have died. I mean, this, this, yes! this is, that's not, not, it's not fake. People died. Many, many were frozen. I mean, lives have been broken. It's just, it's, it was a yeah. disaster beyond Im- imagination for Texas. They didn't have such harsh winter for decades. Yep. How can this happen in a, such a developed country? It's just. So we're going to talk about this. So I'm going to set the scenario. Right, okay. I'm going to ask you guys questions on this. Okay. So one TikToker, mm. right, that that went on, got mm. more than 250,000 views. Mm. And she has a vid showing a woman attempting to melt a snowball with a hairdryer, but it doesn't melt. Right. In other words, the fact that snow turns into vapor, not water, when heated, you know, sublimation is being called a conspiracy from the powerful alpha. Oh, so the snow was disappearing when she attacked yes. it with the hairdryer. So, no, no, but it, she was saying, look, there's no water. There's no puddle. And that, yeah, another video posted by on Twitter, a woman trying to melt a snowball with a lighter, but no, to no avail. And, she, and you can hear her say, to our government and Bill Gates, thank you, Bill Gates, for trying to tell us this is the real fucking snow. Oh, my goodness. Oh, is she Texan? I don't know. I'm not, or, or, no or he idea. lives in Wyoming or God knows where. So. <laughs> and of course, you know, the lighter, the soot, the lighter left a little black mark on it because it was burning all the crap in the lighter. And of course, that was, uh, you know, particles, metal particles. Anyway, this is not the first time, right, that such fake snow allegations were blah, blah about in the press, right, in, in this media. So back in 2014, right. when snow blanketed Atlanta, Georgia, the same thing happened. And this is, I went into Snopes, right? In 2014, the fake snow bandwagon included claims that snow was not natural and was instead some artificial substance composed of chemicals or plastic. Many of those claims somehow connecting to the phenomenon of existence of chemtrails. Remember chemtrails? There was all the rage. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, there you go. Okay. So that's the scenario we've got here. Okay. So this is where I would love to ask you guys like an agree, disagree. Okay. I'm going to make a statement and you tell me whether you think this is true or not true. So few, if any, people posting this stuff believe that snow is fake. Do you agree or disagree? 
Like, do you? Are you saying only a few people, only a few nutters? Okay, no. Okay, so I'm saying nobody, nobody who, yeah, nobody who's putting this out there actually <laughs> believes that snow is fake. Do you agree with that statement or just? Oh, you. The people are saying it, but you think they don't actually believe it. I'm. Oh, I'm just saying that as a statement. Oh no, I think people probably believe. I this. agree. I agree. I agree. I think it's just it's yeah. s- some of them just you know they they, they it's they have malicious intent. And they, of course, you know, doing it out of, you know, some, yes. you know, political calculations on God knows what. But unfortunately, I, you know, my experience tells me people believe all sorts of shit. It's this yeah. 70, yeah. 70% yeah. to 30% split. It's, it's, it's fake news versus real news. <laughs> people are more attracted yeah. to, to, to fake news and it's a 70% because mm. it's more sensational. You know, people are looking for yeah. internet to learn something they never heard of. And when you come up with this kind of nonsense, Oh, that's interesting. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's something about our mentality. So our, the, the way our mind's working and how something that is catching our eye. Oh, what is, what is, this is something sensational. Oh, snow. God knows, you know, snow, you know, if, if you live in just in north of the States, you know, it's, 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 it's natural. It's, it's every, every winter. Yeah. But digital snowstorm or the fake snowstorm coming out of Bill Gates or, you know, another kind of QAnon conspiracy. That's f- fantastic. So uh, that's, it's very unfortunate. But the, the the fake news on the internet, they just you know they're making waves and uh, and they 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 are catching. Their I time. watched an old movie on Netflix the other day. I watched. Do you remember Oliver Stone's JFK? Mm-hmm. Came out probably about nineteen ninety two with Kevin I Costner. And, and it was it was a really enjoyable movie. I, I loved it thirty odd years ago. And I watched it again just the other night. And I was watching it and I was thinking, well, it's a great movie. But I also think there's a whole load of cobblers in here, and I think. But but you know, this is 1999 about the events in 1963. Yeah. So and you think now at the time where you can check everything, it's not going to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's actually getting worse. It's getting worse because because people are just you know they're overloaded with all these news, and they they always stick to some some you know one or two trusted quote unquote sources. See, I was looking at this and I was like, who benefits from this? Like, who benefits really? And the two that I came up with were obviously the people that spew it out, right? And I'm, I'm of the view that most of them that are spewing it out are just doing it for shits and giggles. Like, literally, no, they're bored. I don't think so. They're at home. So. They're just thinking, this is fun. I know. This is, and I, and I think they're doing it for, for digital influence because a lot of the shares that I saw weren't people saying, Oh my God, listen to this. Can't believe it. It was more like, look at these dumbasses in Texas that think snow's fake. Right. So I think it's some kind of almost like a meme that's going around. I think people are doing it because they get a sense of belonging. Even though it's nonsense, they believe it and they feel more validated because they're inside the club. Do you they really know believe the secret. this about yes. snow? Yeah. No, I don't believe it. No, no. But you, uh, well, I believe, do you? Do I, be- you? I believe that they believe it. Ah. And, they f- and they get a benefit out of believing it because they think they know what's really going on. And that makes them feel good. Who really gets away with this are the Texas fat cats, right? Who were making all the press when it came to the snowstorm. And Mm. now people are, when I was going through like articles and quite reputable papers about the story, I thought they would precede the story with saying, hey, this is what happened in Texas. And this is, you know, who looks likely to be blamed. And isn't this outrageous? And oh, by the way, this is happening the way I covered it. (laughs) Instead, they're just taking over the story. So it's just saying people in Texas suffered a snowstorm. Oh, and look, people are making fake snow stuff. So it's taking the headlines away. From those that are responsible of this issue, 
but who's resp- but, but who's responsible for that? Who do you think, Gary? Come on, you're smart. You're a smart guy. You're a smart guy. I'm not. Gonna, look, you know, no, no, no. I know the story about Texas and about about the greed, and that's you know, it's it was Texas always wanted to be you know unique, you know the the the, the Lone Star State, but you know it's just they had abundance of energy. It's just, you know, you can hardly blame them. And it's this, the problem is, you know, both, you know, all the new sources of, of, of uh, electricity failed, whether it's, you know, all traditional gas or wind. And by the way, Texas is one of the leading uh, states, you know, uh, in, the amount of, in the amount of energy provided by, by wind. That's a fair yeah, it's point. Near, 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 near the quarter. But both, you know, both uh, uh, sources were not weatherized. I think, I, no, but to your point, I think they have weather information for probably the last hundred years. And if they went through it, they could probably go, you know what? We seem to get some crazy ass snowstorm every decade or so. We probably should think about that. You remember there was the uh, Fukushima nuclear reactor? Yes. Yeah, 2011. I think 2011, yes. It's just for 2011. Now imagine, you know, um, uh, five years early, you know, you could have a, a group of leading scientists, you know, uh, addressing Japanese government saying, you know what? We think there's the 10% chance that, you know, uh, the, the reactor could blow up because it was built in 1971 and the security system is in, inadequate. Now, if you invest, you know, uh, $50 billion now, you can avoid potential loss of $1 trillion. Now, tell me, do you see any government would ever listen to them? 10% chance? Oh, it could happen, you know, just it's uh, with, with another government. So that's a problem, you know? It's just, you know you what? Know, You're totally right because it happened 10 years ago in Texas. And guess what? They did nothing, but that's a problem. You know, this is—it's a very short span. No, this is, nobody cares. It, we, in, it's, we think that with all this technology, with all the data, with all the supercomputers, we can analyze things and can make predictions. To the contrary, you know, we live, you know, just with a very short, you know, span of attention. Yeah, we're only alive for hundred years max. So, <laughs> speak for yourself. Yeah, speak for myself. So okay. Optimistic, yeah. <laughs> so you know. So I guess my big question was, does it matter that these that people believe this stuff, like whether snow is fake or not? Because, you know. Yes, it does matter. It does matter. It does matter. I think and it really matters a lot. Yes. I think people need to be more questioning. And it's very hard to, to explain to someone that you need to care that this and not spread it. And when it yeah. seems so silly. Um, but, you know, I'm going to end on a joke because there was something that was super funny. Okay. Um, back to Ted Cruz. Right. Oh, you, uh, wow. Coming back from Mexico. <laughs> did you hear that someone hired a mariachi band to play outside his house? Oh, no. <laughs> it's on TMZ. <laughs> I think we should sign off with it, don't you? With a mariachi. Oh, yeah. imagine security at your fingertips on any device that's what one password offers seamless syncing across all your computers and mobile devices so you can store and access unlimited passwords from anywhere at any time only you have the keys to decrypt your data and sensitive info one password doesn't know it doesn't share it doesn't sell it with cool features like Watchtower, which alerts you to any weak passwords, to Travel Mode, which allows you to hide certain vaults from your devices while on business or personal trips. 
Protect your whole family and get 50% off when you sign up for a 1Password family account. Check out onepasswordcom slash switch50. That's onepasswordcom slash switch50. Make your home a 1Password household. And welcome back. And you join us on our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. Doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. Better not be. Well, my pick of the week this week is not security-related. I have spoken in the past of my passion for a phenomenon which really came out of Norway. Um, It's something called slow TV. TV taking an awfully long time. They originally broadcast... uh, a seven-hour train journey on the Norwegian Broadcasting Corporation in 2009, since when they've produced a number of other fascinating, very, very slow events on TV. And for someone of my age, I quite find it quite comforting to have that sort of thing. Not so much as a screensaver. I I think I could actually really genuinely watch it, and it'll just chill me out a bit. And there is a website called slowtvmap.com, and slowtvmap.com, uh, we'll give you a view of the globe, and you can see the various slow TV programs which have gone out there. You can map them around the place, and you could follow them, um, which is a, a rather marvellous like, thing. Do you mean slow, like brain slow, like not super smart, like Gary and I? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm, asking. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not judging. I'm just asking. Things, things which happen at a gentler pace, Crow, rather than the sort of MT video generation. Actually, that's actually dated me, hasn't it? <laughs> is, 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 is it black and white? You, I'm sure you, you can turn down the colour on your television if you want to, Gary, if that makes you in, more happy. Improve the contrast, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's no surprise this sort of thing comes from Norwegian TV. You may have in the past spied or heard that they show chess, actually, don't they, in prime time? Because Magnus Carlsen... Yeah, chess is uh, as popular as skiing uh, yeah. uh, in, in Norway these days because oh. of Magnus Carlsen. Yes, it's, it's, oh. on tele- it's on television every time Magnus is moving to pieces. Amazing, amazing. I, I, would, I would love to watch that, on, have that on TV. If only there were similar chess-like experiences happening on TV. For I wonder, I wonder, Gary, if you may have been involved recently. Yes, yes. And like actually, that. my pick of the week is, is futuristic because it's about oh. the end of the week. It's a Golden Globe on Sunday, the fe- February yes. the 28th. The Golden Globe. And uh, I'm holding my breath and waiting for my uh, friend Scott Frank and his team to... Um, Win it. Exactly. Win it for the Queen's Gambit. Yes, because you were consulting. You were like... Yeah, I was consulting there. And I just, you know, there's not a single event, you know, in the last few months. Uh, whether, you know, I'm at a conference uh, talking about business, uh, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, God knows what. It always has Queen's Gambit, you know, brought in. So, and I thought... That's a perfect pick for, of, of the week because it's the it's the, this coming week, and uh, I think they'll 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 get it. Just you know the the, the trophy for the show, and I uh, I think Anya must win it just for best for Elizabeth Har- Harmon role. It's phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Look, for me, it was quite an experience. You know, I um, I was brought in to um, guarantee that you know the chess quality would be intact. So the, the real chess games, though, up mm. to the level of of um, 
the games uh, that were supposedly played at the highest level by the best players in the world. And I also promised uh, uh, Scott that I would uh, help with the flavors of the Soviet chess arrangements to make sure that, you know, it's also real. I have to say ah. that there were, there were few few tiny glitches there. Some of uh, my friends watched very carefully and trying to pick up, you know, ah, you know what? This is this, the, 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 the books, you know, the chess books. On, on, on the shelf, they were of the 70s and everything, you know, was happening on the 60s. But the best one came from a Russian friend who said, I watched it very, very carefully. You know, it's a 1968 press conference and the world champion Borgov is sitting under the portrait of Leonid Brezhnev, but it's a much older version of Brezhnev. It's in the 70s. <laughs> People are picking up, you know, every every inaccuracy there. But, you know, it's it's amazing that, you know, this, 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 this series about chess had, you know, it's the you know, became number one show on Netflix ever. Yes. And it, 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 you know, went throughout the world. You know, it's almost in every country of the world. It had. It was a great show. Exactly. It, it had a phenomenal success. And, and actually, it is, it's, it probably did more for chess than any world champion, myself included, could dream of throughout our careers. Uh, it's, it helped to clean the image of the game of chess from this, you know, the. The Playboy article, right? <laughs> To the, no, to the contrary, it's the it's the the image of you know game of the nerds, you know. Yeah. Which, by the way, I successfully fought in my in my in my uh, Playboy interview. It's nerd, you know, <laughs> craziness. Bobby Fischer, you know, chess was widely believed to endanger your mental stability. The the the, the series proved proved the opposite. Uh, Beth Harmon succeeded in actually in dropping her uh, uh, her dependence on substances, whether green peels or alcohol, uh, and and she could build relations, build her life by by playing chess. So it's um, it was a big success, and I'm you know my fingers There's crossed. There's hope for me. My fingers yeah. crossed. I yeah. I have to say I abs- obviously I love chess uh, as listeners know so I'm a, I'm not what, a good chess player uh, yes I do quite like chess I am appalling at chess but I really like chess but I think the Queen's Gambit was great even if you didn't like chess it was still really enjoyable but if you were into chess the attention to detail because normally when you watch a TV program which features a chess game you're all the time checking have they got the board the right way round is that position possible how can they have moved that there and you're seeing mistakes all the time. You didn't see that in the Queen's Gambit. So well done to you, Gary, and to your colleagues, because it yeah, was a tremendous Fingers are crossed. Yeah. I hope you, I hope you do well at the Golden, Golden Globe win. Do you get a bonus if they win? Uh, you know, I just, I'll be very happy for my friends, you know, because it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, I, I feel I'm part of the team now, and, uh, and I think they deserved it. Oh, and season two. Yeah. I don't know if there'll be a season two. I don't know. No, no. I just, I, I, I wouldn't bet on that. It's just, you know, the story's over. It's the Walter Tevis, you know, had one book. And mm. I doubt that he would have anything anything to add. Mm. Though it's very unfortunate that he, he died, you know, a year later after the book was published mm. in 1983. Mm, mm. I don't know. Money talks, Gary. Mm, okay. If if they decide to move on, they know they can count. On <laughs> they can count on Gary. Exactly. <laughs> Carol, what's your pick of the week? Not nearly as exciting. Um, actually, it's, I don't even know. It's a semi-pick of the week. It's a semi-pick of the oh. week. Okay, oh. It's called Soulmates. It's mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime. So the premise is you're 15 minutes at uh, 15 minutes. You're 15 years in the future. <laughs> that'd, be good, that'd be a much better premise. 2036. 
Yes, yes. So if you're 15 years in the future and some scientist or computer, right, uncovers the existence of the soul particle in humans. Okay, I know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Which means that anyone can have a test that will reveal when his or her perfect partner appears when they take a test. Oh, oh, I see. So yes. you can go have a test and they might go, oh, you don't have your, your, your perfect match has never taken the test or they have taken the match and it's this person. Bing. So the whole kind of show is basically a what would you do, TM? Oh. So for example, if such a test existed, guys, like, would you take it? You know, you're. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, like for me, like I'm happily married, right? Do I go and. Yeah, exactly. Be aware of your wishes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be but careful you what you ask for. Are you happily married, Crow? Yeah. Are you happily married? I love the Wookiee man. Well, yeah, but maybe there's a maybe there's a Mrs. Wookiee out there. Maybe there's another. Whoa, you don't think there is? Well, but I maybe, know, I know. That's exactly true. Chewbacca, hate, her name. Could yes, Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah, this is the yeah. That's classic. You know, more knowledge, more grief. Yeah. Yes, mm. exactly. So, like the first episode focuses on the married couple, right? And they're happy, uh, but the world's trying to change because their friends are basically getting divorced and matching oh. up with their data matched couples. And what should they do? <sighs> Hang on. But this scientist or computer, they could have made a mistake, couldn't they? Maybe well, there's a bug in the algorithm. Maybe it got hacked. <gasps> yeah. No, it doesn't get hacked, does it? I'm just saying if you like Black Mirror, this is not as good, but it's good. I think. Although I'm alone. IMDB gives it like five out of ten stars, I think. And Guardian gave it a three out of five. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a bit harsh. Um mm-hmm. I think it's kind of, but I mean, I've only watched two out of the six that are available for right. season one. I've been indoors for so long. So who am I to judge about anything? <laughs> so I don't know. Check it out. Soulmates, Amazon Prime. That's what I've been doing. Oh, Pick fantastic. of the week. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, that just about wraps it up for this week. Gary, thank you for being such a spectacular guest today. It's been great have fun having you here. Thanks for having me again. So, and, uh, you know, I, I'm counting, I'm counting the three now. <laughs> Yay! With pleasure. I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online. What's the best way for folks to do that? The best one, you follow me on my, my Twitter account, Casper uh, of uh, 63. Uh, yes, and also Casperov.com. That's the that's that's that website with, with with more news. T-shirts? Can you get t-shirts there? No, I don't know, not yet. So maybe I should consider it after having this conversation. Yes! We'll send you a smashing security t-shirt. Show you the kind of quality stuff we've got. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity. No G. Twitter wouldn't last to have a G. And you can also find us on the Smash Insecurity subreddit. And don't forget to make sure you never miss another episode. Subscribe in your favourite podcast apps such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And huge, huge thank you to this week's episode sponsor, 1Password, and our wonderful Patreon community. Thanks to them, this show is free for all. And for episode show notes, sponsorship information, guest lists, and the entire back catalogue of all our 200-plus shows, check out SmashingSecurity.com. Until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Gary, say bye. I was going to fake it. Bye. Maybe he's already gone. Oh, no, I hope not. I I think he might have done. Gary, are you still there? Gary. (laughs) Gary. No, no. Yeah, he's definitely. (laughs) (laughs) 